playoff time. That's right. Uh, most fantasy league, we've reached that point of the season, and we're here with the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast, the Week 15 Fantasy Primer. Dan Claskins, James Adams, back with you, getting you ready for all this week's action, taking a final look back at the week that was. And James, uh, we are recording this podcast a slightly earlier. We still have two games actually on the slate as we bring it to you here on December 11th, but. Nonetheless, we uh, we will do our best to get you ready. We've got a lot of things to talk about from this past weekend's of action. And as always, uh, this time of year, James, we talk about it all the time, man. And no matter how good the season it is, it all could crumble right before your very eyes. Oh, it could, but it could all come uh, to a great bubbling uh, froth of goodness, too. Uh, and it's funny you say, because we are recording this uh, early. I'm waiting to find out if I'll be a division champion in Southern Bluegrass with a little Monday Night Sweat. So uh, let's hope yeah, that I will be. Well, that's one of the reasons we have to record it before the games, because if the sweat didn't turn out right, I didn't want you to be like in the, the immediate <laughs> of your depression. That's correct. I at least thought we could get some productive energy out of you beforehand. But uh, you can always keep up with us on social as well, at James Adams 94 at Dan Claskins on X. We'll catch us on Saturdays all season long over on Sirius XM Fantasy, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And Sundays, too, soon enough, I'm guessing, uh, after we get out of regular season NFL mode. But the podcast, if it's your first time, welcome. You can subscribe wherever you listen at insiderfootball.com. That's the website. Get all of the tools to win. You get the podcast there anytime as well. And James, where we start diving into the injuries, hitting the waiver wire, taking a sneak peek to Week 15's matchups. Let's talk about Week 14, the good, the bad. We'll start with you and some good surprises. Well, this may be a surprise to you as well, Dan, because I wanted to save this for the podcast. Uh, the good surprise, maybe the best surprise. Uh, I don't know. It might be the best surprise I end up getting all year. Dan, I'm in the main event of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship with James Conner on by and Ramondre Stevenson hurt. I had to turn to some dirty depths at running back. You know how I drafted this year, wide receiver drunk. I had to turn to Chase Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, nice. Dude. And nice. would you believe when he went to score, I started to check lineups. And Dan, with two games still to play on Monday, your buddy here is in third place in the main event. Wow. wow. Yes, sir. So what a great Dolphins surprise. still have to play, so that could change. But that is Correct. impressive. That yes. is impressive. And it goes back to what you said. Maybe it all comes together right now. And <laughs> Chase Brown, dude, I'll tell you. And uh, I apologize right now for my voice because after two Bengal games in six days, uh, I don't have a voice pretty much. Uh, luckily, I'll be taking the show off this weekend, but it'll be another game there. So I'll, I'll, I'll lose it anyway. Uh, but James, no, seriously, Chase Brown, I mean, what it's done, the spell mix in here, I mean – that run was great. I saw some signs of it. But every time the dude touches the ball, I mean, even a, a short little thing is like five yards. He's healthy. I love the dude's uh, work ethic, his attitude, his whole life. He's been told he couldn't. And now he is. That's pretty cool, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, the story is awesome as well, as well as the very great surprise from a fantasy production. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we're all we're obviously pulling for him. No doubt about that. And we'll We'll stay on topic here of good surprises and running backs because, holy cow, I think uh, the best surprise for me uh, didn't really benefit me as much as that one did directly you in fantasy per se. But, dude, what about what Ezekiel Elliott did? I know that seems like a year ago on that Thursday night game at Pittsburgh. And uh, Ramondre Stevenson out, obviously, with the high ankle sprain. He might be out the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Elliot I mean, wasn't all that great on the ground, but 22 carries that that's enough right there to get me excited. Then he put seven catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. Bailey Zappi breathed some life into this offense here. And dude, Zeke Elliot, talk about a running back. He was RB two. At least he is going into tonight's action here. Talk about a running back that could have been sitting on people's benches. that could end up being a league winner down the stretch, just off that volume alone. I mean, I know it ain't all about me, but I had to turn to him in another league because of James Conner's bye week. So you're absolutely right. The seven catches, about 150 all-purpose yards plus a touchdown. I mean, no matter what your scoring format, Zeke was the player. Yeah, and uh, I definitely like that. At receiver, James, let's transition. And, I mean, he was my sleeper on our radio show this week. I, I, I really was digging what I could maybe see in Odell Beckham Jr., I was a little worried about the rain for both those passing attacks, but Matthew Stafford, who we'll get to him on a good surprise in a minute, uh, and Lamar both put up numbers, but Odell, dude, four catches, 97 yards, a touchdown. He had 11-plus PPR points in four of his last five before the bye. Comes out with this performance. Right, I'm ready to call him a wide receiver three the rest of the way. 
You might, I mean, you might not be high enough, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, I would say he's definitely in most starting lineups. We're a good surprise. I mean, Dan, I think we could go with the Jets in a number of regards, but let's go with Garrett Wilson. It's been a struggle for him and, you know, for the other Wilson on that team that was a good surprise too. But, I mean, you want to talk receiver. How can you not be surprised? And and Garrett Wilson was a player that I was reluctantly telling people to probably leave in the lineups as more of a wide receiver three than he is a wide receiver one the way he was drafted. He didn't find the end zone, but he did just about everything else you could have asked for him this week. Uh, nine catches, 108 yards. Yeah. Uh, in bad definitely. weather, too, by the way. The year of the effed up quarterback situation. <laughs> it is. Uh, and we've got more injured ones to talk about here in a minute. But, dude, as we look at the landscape that is, we sit here right now with two games left, obviously, on tap here. So four more quarterbacks to play. Listen to these four names, currently top 12 quarterbacks this week. Jake Browning, Desmond Ritter, Joe Flacco, Bailey Zappi, Zach Wilson. They're all in the top 11, dude. Mm. Like, which one's the most surprising? It might actually be Desmond Ritter. It's the most surprising might to be me. Zach Wilson. <sighs> throwing for 300 after yeah. he got benched for Tim Boyle. Yeah. He yeah, that's right. I mean, it's hard to say In the rain one. against the Texans. Either way, the point is, dude, is like, oh, my gosh, you get – I mean, we go down to the top 20. I mean – these are these are guys all that finished ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts this week. I yeah. mean, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, Mitch Trubisky, the guys I already named. It's an effed up world we're living in, James, and the quarterbacks, woo, good, bad, it's full of surprises this season. It, it surely is. I mean, you know, you 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 know, you could go Zach Wilson, you could go Jake Browning. Uh, all really good surprises this week. And I mean, if you turn to Mitch, I'm not sure why you would have on that Thursday night game, but a super flex you might have. Uh, it wasn't good. And, and, and I'm Steelers. guessing I know who a bad surprise at quarterback with you was a guy we disagreed with last week on the podcast, or maybe it was the show, but, uh, Jared Goff definitely looking like the road version of Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, certainly that is my look. CJ Stroud would qualify too. He's another quarterback. That yeah, I but he was to. concussed in a monsoon yeah. missing two of his top three receivers. By and we weren't correct. We weren't expecting good things in that, in that game. Right. Uh, so maybe you're right. Jared Goff probably has to be the biggest surprise. And look, I'm, I'm fighting for Dude, a, a, a I'm win tonight. Piling just on you, the, the lions minus three was my bet of the week. Oh uh, yeah. That was a loser. No, and I mean, I mean, you go back to what Chicago's been defensively. I mean, I know they played that low-scoring game before the bye with the Vikes, but frankly, they hadn't been very good on defense, and, well, they showed a little bit. Or golf showed a little bit. Yeah, so good stuff there. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Any other good or bad you uh, have to offer up here before we move along? Uh, I mean, dude, the Eagles as a whole just laying an egg. I mean, I know that's not necessarily a fantasy thing as much as it is. Just uh, it was supposed to be the game of the week. I don't know that we would call it the NFC championship game, but something like that. And the Eagles all of a sudden, you know, I guess you're still just rolling with all the Eagles that we had talked about in the past. But uh, Jalen Hurts not even thrown for 200 yards and he didn't do anything on the ground either. I know. Just wow. killing me in a couple places, too. Yeah. Now I'm sweating out Jeff Wilson not scoring points against me tonight for crying out loud. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move along to the other buzzkills of the week, and it's the injury report. And once again, a slew of new names to add to it. And let's start at the quarterback position, and let's start with Justin Herbert. Uh, if, if things weren't bad enough for the Chargers, a, another brutal loss yesterday, James. And in the loss, we see Herbert go down. It's a fractured finger on his throwing hand. They play this Thursday already against Las Vegas, so he's already been ruled out of that. But uh, Adam Schefter reporting here tonight under uh, under he, likely to undergo a procedure on Tuesday to address his fractured right finger. Per the report, he will have a chance to be able to return to action this season. Will be determined by the anticipated procedure. So it does remain a little unclear here. Easton Stick, the next man up in the team's quarterback duties here. And James, I mean, the Chargers are on the road to nowhere, which is definitely going to play into this decision with their franchise quarterback. You would think it would. I mean, at this point, it's uh, it's not their division anymore. It's not even their wild card anymore. Uh, it's hard to just say, ah, pull the plug and and you know the go real on to next year. Is, is does Brandon Staley finish the year as head coach? He shouldn't, should he? 
He shouldn't have started the year, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> Easton Stick is here, though. That's the reality. What's it mean for the remaining fantasy assets on this team? I mean, I don't know who you can turn to at this point. I suppose you would still say Keenan Allen uh, is a guy you turn to just because he makes himself available for for lots of catches. So in a PPR league, I think you still turn to him. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know that it, it means much other than the Chargers are absolutely not who I thought they were. Yeah, I know. And the thing is, is even before this, I mean, the Chargers have been a mess. Mm-hmm. It does look like Josh Palmer has an outside shot at getting back here maybe for Thursday night. I don't know, though. I mean, I don't want to speculate. As we bring you the podcast here tonight, all we can tell you is Justin Herbert's not going to play in Week 15. And my opinion is, I don't think he plays again in 2023. He shouldn't. Let's move along to another quarterback injury, and it's not a new injury, but an update of one. Kenny Pickett already ruled out. Pittsburgh playing against the Indianapolis Colts in a pivotal AFC playoff uh, picture looming matchup. It's one of three Saturday games on the slate, all with playoff implications here in Week 15. And James, Mitch Trubisky under center is flat out ugly. And I am downgrading this Pittsburgh offense based off of that, based off of what we've seen in the past couple weeks here with the play calling. I mean, it was good against the Bengals because they were able to just do what they love is run, 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 run. But I don't know, dude, Trubisky, I didn't think Kenny Pickett was that big of an upgrade, but apparently he is. I don't know if I would say it that way. Trubisky is a downgrade. I know it's the same side of it's the same coin, two different sides, but I don't know if Pickett's an upgrade. Trubisky just what happened to the guy that was like an didn't they win like eleven games his rookie or second year in Chicago? And what has happened to that guy? And I know he never looked particularly uh franchise saving, but I'm with you, man. I don't know. Look, in the end, I would assume that you'll you'll end up turning to, you know, the likes of some of those receivers just from the simple fact that you can throw the ball in India a little bit and Gosh, but I but but again, if you've got better options, it's it's hard to trust anything in that Pittsburgh offense, especially like after last week, right? I mean, they put up 18 points. Trubisky ended up with a decent stat line at the end of the day, but it never looked good, and it was only because they were down 21-3, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess as we we'll get into that and who we're playing as we get into the yeah. ma- matchups here in a bit. But uh, for me, I don't know when it is. It doesn't look like Pickett's coming back anytime soon. In Pittsburgh, after home losses to Arizona and New England, they don't deserve to be a playoff team. Please, somebody knock them out. Yeah, we might see that in the next two weeks. Let's hope we do. C.J. Stroud, a concussion uh, suffered during the game. That's obviously not a good thing. He's in concussion protocol. Very few examples this season where a player's cleared that in one week. So mm-hmm. that is something of concern. Perhaps an even bigger concern, a week after losing rookie wideout Tank Dell to a season-ending leg injury, now Nico Collins knocked out of yesterday's game with a calf strain. We'll get more on this in the you know later in the week here, but it's not look a calf strain injury to a wide receiver. It never sounds good. No, not good. Not good to a group where he was definitely the one after uh, Dell went down. And, you know, I mean, look, they haven't had their tight end for two weeks either. So this is, uh, you know, Stroud may well have already put that rookie of the year in his back pocket, regardless what happens moving forward. But the MVP talk is probably done now. It's interesting. Just a few weeks ago, we're talking about, God, they're going to be too deep. What are they going to do? Where are they going to do? And it's like they haven't been able to get them all on the field at once. Yeah. I mean, they do still – I mean, Collins, hopefully it's not a big, like, season-ending type of issue. Maybe it's a week or so. He can be around if they're going to make a playoff run here. But Noah Brown's been dinged up. They need him healthy. Robert Woods, you mentioned Schultz. Who knows if we even get C.J. Stroud this week. So, lots of things to monitor there in that Texans passing attack. Uh, Justin Jefferson, James, comes back after his extended absence with the hamstring issue, the bye week, everything that plays out. Gets in a couple catches here, then leaves the game with, after getting hit in the back. They call it a chest injury. They sent him to the hospital. It was all precautionary. Everything came back fine there. The reports out today are more optimistic. It looks like it's a day-to-day type of thing. The Vikings do play Cincinnati to kick off uh, the Saturday triple header. So a shorter day this week. Looks like he's got a shot right now. But uh, good to see this news here. The bigger problem is this, this Vikings offense stinks. Josh Dobbs, I mean, they were debating whether they're starting him or not. Then they bench him. It looks like Nick Mullen probably going to get the start here versus the Bengals. 
So even if Jefferson comes back at this point, the, nobody's doubting this guy's talent, but he's been out for half a season. He's not in his prime. He's working with a third-string quarterback in a pretty brutally difficult schedule here. they got to play the Lions twice, the Bengals. I don't even know who else they play, but I don't Green know. Bay. Even if Justin Jefferson – yeah, Green Bay. So even if Justin Jefferson comes back here, James, the idea that you're going to have Justin Jefferson that you drafted number one overall returning this season is getting further and further away from reality. It is, but I don't think I'm going to be able to tell somebody not to play him. Uh, him. I'm not going to bench him. And we don't even know if he, how serious this that's thing true. is. I mean, we don't know. Right now, Yeah, it's not a season ender, but he could miss another week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah. in season long, you're not going to sit the guy. But honestly, I don't think he's the guy that's wearing the cape in like Superman to win at Fantasy Managers Fantasy Leagues this year either. Yeah, I would agree with the second part of that for sure. And, I mean, man, it's tough. You look at his first four games, I'm looking at PPR scoring. 24 points in week one, it was that good or better the next three weeks. So a month of 24-plus points. Nobody's knocking the talent. I mean, yeah. I, well, no, it's I, painful. when healthy, I mean, I, I will certainly join the debate as him being the best gifted receiver in the game. But, I mean, this this is just – I mean, this is not what we got at the beginning of the season. And it, um, mm-hmm. 80% of what I'm concerned about, honestly, is the quarterback play more than anything related to Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then you just have to wonder, like, you know, the Vikings went on this run. What we talked about with Justin Herbert, it's not quite the same thing just yet. But at some point, when do the Vikings go? And, look, the NFC is weaker. When do they say this isn't the year? Yeah. Alexander Madison isn't helping matters. He's dealing with an ankle issue. Sounds like the high ankle variety. So, I mean, not that he's been great, but he's been carrying this backfield. So now you got a quarterback and no running back to take the pressure off. And they're coming to the jungle on Saturday. With a defense that actually the last two weeks, I don't know about the last two weeks, played really Ray good Hendrickson's this week. Hendrickson's going to get another sack or two this week. all I'm saying. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, the secondary, even without Cam Taylor, Britt has looked better uh, too. Josh Jacobs, the final injury guy I have on the list to discuss here from the slew of injuries. And James, this didn't look good either yesterday. I mean, the game almost was the first game to go 0-0 in regulation in NFL history. And Jacobs, the way he was limping around, they're on a short week this week. He was a non-participant today. Let's face it, it's Zamir White, Amir Abdullah in this. What a crap game on Thursday. We'll get to it in a minute. But we're, it's looking like Aiden O'Connell versus Easton Stick, but no Josh Jacobs. A hobbling <laughs> Austin Eckler. And Prime Video is paying like $4.7 billion to air it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rounding up. but Dude, uh, I mean, J- Josh Jacobs is, I mean, what's he coming back for? It's the same thing we were just talking about with Herbert. You would think absolutely nothing, right? And he's a free agent. He's not going to risk getting hurt any further. Exactly. He I mean, wanted he, to play this year. Exactly. He was not even like you know he was holding out, doing the Jonathan Taylor, and then finally they found a way to get him on the field. But I mean, yeah, I would if I'm Josh Jacobs, I want z- I do not want to come back to the Raiders unless it's an entirely different coaching staff, uh, et cetera. Cause yeah, yeah well, I Antonio would. Pierce isn't coming back. The lo- I mean, if they didn't hire the dude, uh, that led him to the playoffs a couple years ago, they're not bringing this guy back. Yeah, that's fair. But if I'm oh, Jacobs, I'm just ready to go elsewhere anyway. Right. Just see ya. I've had enough. Let's go on to the waiver wire. Now that we set up the injuries and I mean, dude, I mean, everybody waiver wire is going to win it this year. Usually this time of year, James, we're not as focused on the waiver wire on the podcast, but frankly, with all the injuries, we have no choice but to be focused on the waiver wire. And let's start a quarterback. And I mean, clearly if he's still out there right now, I mean, Jake Browning's got to be at the top of the list. He's only owned in 27% of the league still, uh, at Yahoo, at least 27% of the leagues as of this morning. Jake Browning's own. So, I mean, he's averaging 21.7 fantasy points per game across his three starts. Obviously, a lot of that's come in the last two. But, dude, he is looking legit. They've got the weapons. I think uh, the other thing here, he's fifth in EPA per play and first in completion percent over expected the past three weeks. And, James, I mean, his completion percentage is unmatched in NFL history over these three starts. If you look at his completion percentage and his QB rating, where they sit, nobody's had a better three-game stretch to start their NFL career in the history of the game. And if you want to look at the next three-game stretch that you've got, Minnesota, who defensively has been a lot better here recently, but, I mean, you were licking your chops to throw the ball against them early in the season. Pittsburgh's not that good of a defense. 
Kansas City, I mean, okay, they have been a much better defense, but that was the Week 17 shootout everybody was pinning their best ball hopes on. There's a decent little schedule here for Jake Browning. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as we get to other quarterbacks, I mean, it gets slim pickings here. Desmond Ritter's coming off a big game. I mean, can we start buying into him a little bit? Nope. No. No, 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 no. He had a good game. That's great. Uh, I mean, he is an NFL-quality player, but he's not a fantasy He has winner. solidified the starting job in Atlanta. I will say that. That's fine. I, I mean, I don't even want to start him in a super flex league like uh, with all. Well, with if everything you look in- at all the other quarterbacks out there, though, Desmond Ritter is not at the bottom three or four or five in my ranks anymore. Yeah, you're right, but I'm still not going to buy the upside because I'm not going to buy what the team wants to do. I mean, look, how good are Pitts Desmond and Ritter versus Easton Stick? You need okay. a Justin Herbert replacement. Are you going those two guys, Zach Wilson or Nick Mullen, off the waiver wire this week? I'm going to go Zach Wilson. Okay. And here's the deal. Zach Wilson did have the pedigree that none of those other guys ever had. Uh, Ritter was a game manager even in college uh, and not in a, at a big five school, so. Anything else at quarterback? I think we've covered it. No, I think we're good there. I mean, again, you know, it's it's good to have a backup right now. Running back, I mean, Ty, Ty Chandler, Chase Brown, probably the two biggest names out there. I mean, Chandler with this Madison news, uh, only rostered in 44% of the leagues right now at CBS Sports. Jake uh, Chase Brown, 12%. Now, Brown's not going to overtake Mix in here, but I think there is enough of a growing role for him, especially in uh, – Leagues with flex and PPR, he gets involved in that passing game. You got Zamir White out there, uh, and Dante Foreman still having a heartbeat. So I think there's some names out there. If you're really hurting at running back, we're digging pretty deep in those regards, James. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the bunch, I mean, we I guess we could throw in Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They're still out there. I mean, rank all those guys I just said. Put them in order of how you would prefer them. I mean, maybe I'm drunk on the fact that Chase Brown just gave me nearly 20 points in the main event here. Throwing um, Chase Brown out. Rank the rest of them. Throw your Bengal and and Probably Ty Chandler. So here's the deal. Is that a good matchup? Because the Bengals kind of shut down ETN, certainly shut down Moss last week. So what I thought was a very good matchup. The reason maybe, he's the highest on my list is because of Madison's hurt. All these yes. other guys we're talking about, there's somebody else. Chase Brown's like, got Joe Mixon. Dante it, Foreman's got everybody. Zamir White, uh, Zamir White's got Amir Abdullah and a, and a, they suck. And the Raiders, yeah, like I mean, one thing we do know, the Raiders they were they were running Josh Jacobs and no one else, and it'll be interesting. But I don't know that I would trust that offense, especially after they just got skunked. Yeah, I think it goes Tide Chandler, Chase Brown for me. If I'm yep. looking at it just for this week, and McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon's got to be in the conversation. He probably does, but it's alarming, uh, yeah. you know, that the Kansas City offense just continues to it be. It sucks, but I bad. mean, but you're it, right. It's McKinnon, not Pacheco. Looks like he could be out for a couple more weeks, and I'm paying attention to what's going on in Washington. They're coming out of a bye, but Antonio Gibson, I know he's out there and already on rosters in some deeper leagues, but in shallow leagues, if he's out there, that's a guy that I mean, we don't we we'll see what happens with Brian Robinson Jr. and everything else coming off that waiver wire. But all right, let's move to receiver. Uh, I mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. He's a big name on the waiver reports this week, rightfully so, and would be a big-time target right now if I needed a receiver. What else do you have at the position, James? I mean, has Alec Pierce done enough for two straight weeks now? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're digging, I mean, you know, we're digging deep at this point. Has he done enough? I would say Curtis Samuel, another guy out there that was coming on before his bye. I like the off-the-bye week, and this is our last chance to get that. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Mingo's starting to see a little love here. He leads the Panthers in targets and air yards since week 10, 27% target share, 33% air yard share over that span. So, And I think that coincides with Adam Thielen becomes very difficult to play anymore. Yeah, so I can get behind those guys. Uh, you know, I'm looking a little deeper at receiver down the list. I mean, this Parker Washington situation is a little interesting. Uh just well, what about Zay Jones, depending on the yeah, uh, but I'm level guessing he's, he's not. I'm assuming he's not out there. Obviously, I like him over Parker Washington. Okay. I'm just talking about deep leagues. I'm looking on ESPN, and Zay Jones apparently is only rostered on 27% of leagues, which is stunning to me. Hunter Renfro, an interesting name. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because last week when we were talking to our Vikings dude, he was saying, yeah, Hunter Renfro might do something. He actually caught a few passes. I don't know, dude. It's pretty thin, honestly. It is, and it's hard to trust that. You know what I mean? It is just hard to trust that. Tight end. I mean, I'm assuming Isaiah likely was already scooped up, but Tanner Hudson, now that 
you know, we were starting to think about picking him up before Burrow got hurt. Now Browning's looking real. He had a touchdown this week. Dude, he had a big catch. I mean, he made a great catch in the middle of the field. I'm becoming a fan of him. I like him. Kate Otten, I'd ever tick over him uh, as a guy that I scooped up this week and got the touchdown out of. So I'll play some of my own bias on it. But I don't know, James. Outside of that, I mean, tight end is what it is. Uh, Hunter Henry, yeah. after his two touchdown performance, I'm sure people will be going after him a little bit. I actually don't, don't chase him. the tight ends. But yeah, don't chase the, the touchdowns. The touchdowns, like yeah. I'm not buying it. Although yeah. Zappy does like the tight end. He even did in college a little bit. So I don't know. That's all I've got at tight end. Uh this Revan week. Jordan's the only other one I would throw yeah, out there. Revan Jordan's he's, a good he's one. He's almost like if you have Schultz, just have Jordan and make sure you have one of them. Defensive streamers. Who's your top option this week? I, I've got Denver pretty high. I mean the Bengals have to be in consideration. They're at home playing a third-string quarterback. Like, I'm not trying to be a homer, but I think that that's certainly a team you have to consider. Do you consider the Raiders, who only gave up three points? I mean, are they a streamer at this point? The Colts uh, versus Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, yep. their defense didn't look all that great yesterday. but And the Saints uh, against the Giants. I think that game uh, won the target there. The Saints, they're, they're probably not as available as some of these other defenses we've been throwing out, though. I would agree, yeah. But I think there's a there's there's your list right there. All right. Uh, we've got the waiver wire. We've got the injuries. Let's finish it up. We'll take a quick look at these matchups. This is the best we can this far out. And we'll start with the Thursday night game, uh, a, a real turd ball of a game featuring just really crappy quarterback matchup. Aiden O'Connell, Easton Stick. James, I mean, uh, the total on this game at one point was 47 and a half. It's down to 30. Three, I think I like the under. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I mean, we don't have Josh Jacobs here. The Chargers' defense is still pretty solid. The Raiders' defense. I mean, they've hit the under in a lot of games. So the de- this is going to be a defensive battle, in my I, opinion. I would think so. I or would at still least it would start look like that. Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, and Austin Eckler in season long, and that is literally it. And scene. That's it. The Vikings and the Bengals, the first of three Saturday games and each of them with huge playoff implications on both conferences. This one, James, a one o'clock kickoff here. We've talked a lot about the Bengals on a roll here over the last two, all the pieces coming together and all the problems with the Vikings, particularly with the injuries. The Bengals have uh, shot up now to three and a half point favorite and it's skyrocketing it was one before all sunday's action the total is at 39 down from 40 and a half here so i don't know if the vikings i mean their defense looked pretty good in the three to nothing game versus the raiders but uh their defense isn't that great this season especially on the road i i really think that the Bengals can attack them however they really won here dude i think the Bengals. i'm starting chase i'm probably going to start higgins this week mm-hmm. he looked a little bit better as I said, I think Tanner Hudson's getting into that top 15 tight end range. Jake Browning's probably a top 12 quarterback, and Chase Brown's a flex with some upside if you need it. What's your take on this Vikings team and anything they could play in the jungle? I mean, we assume no Madison at this point, so I think Chandler is a play still. Um, uh, I, I'm going to think about it more, but the Bengals' defense hadn't been very good against the run until very recently. Uh, if Jefferson plays, I'm going to play him. I think Addison's still probably in most of my lineups. Jefferson's out. Is Addison a, a, somebody that you even get bigger on, or does it matter? I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter a ton because you're still going to have Hawkinson. You're still going to have uh, as a as an, uh, a threat to the receptions, and you're still going to have a, a third string quarterback. So Addison's in, but I mean, I I would consider him as an as a wide receiver three. I don't think he can get any better than that, no matter who else is out there. The sandwich game of the Saturday slate is in Indianapolis, where the Colts will host the Steelers. Another one, a big one here. Both teams seven and six, clawing for a playoff spot. The loser pretty much knocked out of the playoff picture for at least a week, and the winner firming their grasp and their grip on a spot, perhaps. And James, I mean. Just haven't seen the Colts up close yesterday. What did you see that was good and concerned you? And how do you like them against the Steelers D at home here? Um, Michael Pittman was good. Uh, maybe the return to Zach Moss wasn't good. Um, you know, I mentioned in the waiver spot that Alec Pierce is somebody you could maybe consider. Bear in mind that it was a homecoming game for him as he played college in Cincinnati. So 
I mean, I think it's Michael Pittman. I, I, dude, it's hard for me to tell you you're not going to play Zach Moss after the disappointment from last week, but that's probably it. Yeah, and on the Steelers side, I mean, with Trubisky under center, it's hard to trust any of the wideouts. I would say that Johnson's probably a better bet in PPR. Trubisky's got a little bit more of something with him, so he's probably going to crack my top 40 at receiver. I haven't really firmed that up. Pickens, he's too boomer bust. Friar Muth is the new offensive coordinators want to get him involved. Can they get him involved? The Colts have been a little susceptible to the tight end, so he's probably a fringe starter as well. I still like Warren better than Harris, but the problem is the coaches don't. Uh, so it it is what it is. They're, one of them could have a big game, but more often than not, they're flex plays that disappoint you. Mm-hmm. The nightcap, the Lions, the Broncos, two teams going in different directions and Denver trying to get a hold of this. And AFC West, just a game back of a team they've already beaten the Chiefs and Detroit, they're trying to find answers of their own. This spreads up to five, though. The total's at 47. The Lions coming back home, looking for something good after this disappointing loss. And golf at home versus on the road's a big difference, James. So I'm going to trust golf this week. He'll be in my top 12. Definitely thinking Amon Ra gets going. We need to get that running game going in fantasy. I'll roll both of them out versus the Broncos, but I do like the under 47 here, to be clear. I think this game's more around 44, 45, so there's value in that. And with that, it's going to really limit the ceiling of all the fantasy players in this matchup. But how do the Broncos do at Ford Field? Uh, I mean, Russ Wilson's going to be a top 15 quarterback anyway, I would assume. And Javante Williams, he's a he's an RB2 still, but he's an RB2. Uh, Cortland Sutton, he's in lineups. I think from there, I mean, look, if you're desperate at running back and – you want to play Samaje Piran. Maybe this with the the way the Lions defense has been, you could do that. Maybe if you're desperate, you want to go to, I wouldn't go to Jerry Judy. That's about it for me and the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, Javante starting to look like Javante. A little bit. Um, It's starting to look like the Javante. And I was saying, you know, that's when we were talking in the, I was like, it's going to be a slow start, but this is a guy you're going to want on your teams by fantasy playoff time. So we'll see, dude. We'll see. Uh, the Bears and the Browns, as we move to the Sunday card, the first of many one o'clock games will break down here on the Eastern time zone. And the Browns with Joe Flacco just having a little of a heartbeat here, but they got a pretty red hot Bears offense coming in. Justin Fields, I mean, he's really starting to play, dude. There's talks whether or not he's going to stay with the team. I think it's sort of fueling him when he's in there. DJ Moore's an, an elite fantasy asset all of a sudden. Cole Komet's still getting his. Uh, we can't figure out the Bears running game. I'm not going to try to do it here. But, dude, I'm not going to shy away from a tough Browns D at home with, uh, with Fields and Moore and thinking that they're going to do their thing. I'd love to see the Bears get something going on the ground. But I think if I had to pick a Bears running back, and I don't want to, but if I had to pick one this week in this type of matchup and a more physical defense, I'm going to lean with Dante Foreman. He's the punch-your-mouth-in-the type of running back, unlike the other two, that could be beneficial in a matchup like this if the Bears can get the lead. I'm with you. He is the Bears running back right now when he's healthy, when he's active. He is the guy. I think that's the fact. What can Cleveland uh, do, though, against this Bears? I mean, are you buying into Flacco here? And is it a fantasy conversation to have? Oh, man. I think the answer is no. But then you look at 300 yards. You look at um, the fact that, the, you know, we talked about, the t- you know, there's Aiden O'Connells and Tommy DeVitos of the world that are playing. So maybe Joe Flacco is an option for the occasional person, but he's still going to be like outside of my top 15 at quarterback. And I would still think that the, that we're going to see the, the, the Browns try to run the football first. That would be my speculation. Uh, Cause I don't know that, look, the bears have been good recently here with, with fields. Are they going to put up the 20, you know, the four touchdowns or so that the Jags did? I don't think so. So I don't know if there's going to be as many points as, even though this was a very surprising score last week from the, uh, the Browns. No doubt about that. Uh, we've got the Panthers and the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, a three-point road favorite. The total's at 35 and a half. And we talked about Desmond Ritter, Ritter playing good. Right now, it's a three-way tie in this division. This is a game the Falcons have to have, and I think they're going to go down and get it. But John Robinson, he's still hasn't really totally like knocked it out of the park, but he's still solid. I like the way they're getting Algier. Huge game for Drake London. Look for him to build on that. He's the one guy that, 
really is on the rise in this offense as we head down the stretch. Kyle Pitts, it's disappointing, but I'll I'll try him out here. I mean, you're going to going to in season long at least. So, uh, but the total 35 and a half, I think it's about spot on because it's going to be a game that will be shortened by the offense and both of them wanting to run the football. And James, on the Panthers side, they've been running the football pretty good. Yeah, they have. I mean, Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard were both uh, from, in a, in a standard league, they were both okay. Didn't find the end zone, but were both pretty decent. I, I can't advocate playing both. It's still Hubbard above Sanders, uh, but Sanders could be a desperation play. Uh, from there, look, I guess you could turn to Mingo. I said Thielen's out of the equation. I think he's still in the equation, but he certainly has no upside at this point. Um, and boy, Bryce Young, I mean, where does he sit in the quarterback conversation? Does he does he sit closer to Flacco or cl- closer to Aiden O'Connell? Yeah. I think it's the latter, unfortunately. I would agree. I would agree. Jets, Dolphins. There we are. Uh, yeah, Dolphins still have to play this week as we record the podcast, but the early line out before that game is even 10.5 point favorites here, the Dolphins. I'm sure that will go up if they do what they should tonight versus Tennessee. So you're going to roll all your Dolphins out. I mean, it's sort of waste of our breath to tell you which ones to play, which ones are not. they got two running backs or top 15 guys. They've got a top 10 quarterback, the top receiver, and a pretty good uh, high-end wide receiver, too, to boot. So. Mm-hmm. It's really about the Jets and what can you trust here? I mean, coming off of a decent game and a game they figured to throw a lot, I can't endorse Zach Wilson. I guess he's back in play in Superflex. Garrett Wilson, he's proven he's lineup proof, so he should be in there. And this is the type of game I really like Brees Hall. I'm going to be focusing on some of those receiving props early. I think they'll get him involved early and often catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that's both teams in a nutshell. Texans, Titans. James, why don't you run that one around the horn? Well, the Texans, I mean, we got to see what they look like, right? That's the biggest problem because is it uh, is Stroud going to be able to get out of the concussion protocol? Uh, from there, if he doesn't, boy, you really don't want to mess with uh, uh, much of the offense as we wait to see what happens with Nico Collins and the rest of those guys. So, so much that we, uh, we, we, we really will be uncertain with. I think this is a Texans offense that all of a sudden I'm going to take a big step back from. Will they rely on the running game? Maybe that puts both of their uh, running backs into the equation this week, which is not something I would have thought I'd say a couple of weeks ago against the Titans with C.J. Stroud under center, but it doesn't look like that's what we're going to see. From the Titans' perspective, I mean, this is not a very exciting team at all. Um, You know, Derrick Henry, I guess, and again, we're doing this before they, uh, they play on Monday night, I guess DeAndre Hopkins as well, but I mean, this, there's not there's nothing very inspiring from this team, and don't be surprised if the Texans defense that's played okay here lately maybe tries to go and win this game in a very slugfest low score. Moving along, uh, by the way, that game is Titans minus two over thirty seven and a half as we come to you here. The Saints and the Giants. Uh, this one's in New Orleans. The Saints a six point favorite, thirty six and a half is the total. And on the Giants side, I mean. It is going to be interesting. Will Darren Waller be able to return? There is a little bit of buzz about that. Of course, they have already activated Tyrod Taylor off of IR, but it is DeVito that's going to stay under center there for the Giants. Uh, and, you know, Taylor's not going to be here next year as the backup. So at this point, why not further develop this guy who you're, I guess, looking at as your long-term backup? Mm-hmm. Uh, Saquon Barkley, he's still in the mix there, obviously, in season long. Uh, the Saints pretty good defense though. So uh, I'm not expecting much here from the Giants. If Waller does come back, I mean, I'm going to let him play his way in the lineups. And if you need tight end, I mean, he is worth stashing, I guess on, on waivers. If you're not paying any price for him or anything, Jalen Hyatt, uh, the, the rising receiver in this passing game. And the only one really, I think is on the fantasy radar at this point, based off what we've seen on the Saints side, They've got to get healthy play at quarterback, and Carr just hasn't been it. But Olave, you're rolling him, you're rolling Camara, and outside of that, there's really not a lot to talk about in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Green Bay right. and the Pat and the Bucks. This is a, a pretty good matchup. Obviously, the Packers are still going to play here in Week 14 before uh, you know we're, as we're breaking this down. But as of right now, uh, the Packers are three and a half point home favorite. 42 is the total. What do you like about the Bucks at Lambeau, James? Uh, you know, I don't know if I do like a lot about the Bucks at Lambeau, where it's uh, always been a tough place to play. Uh, Rashad White is in lineups. Mike Evans is in lineups, even though he's coming off of a dud, right? I don't know about Baker. Um, he's he's certainly outside of I would say QB one, but he's a player you could turn to, and I think he'll give you a little something. 
I don't, I mean, dude, are you going to trust Chris Godwin after 10 PPR points? Like I still, I know he led the team in receiving last week, uh, but I still don't trust Chris Godwin. Yeah. It's hard to trust that. I mean, Jordan love uh, with all the quarterback injuries, the way he's been playing, he's emerged as a starting candidate in this matchup. I, I think you could consider him. Of course I dropped him in my 16 team DAV ballers league Oof. after Joshua Dobbs is, big game he had to win off the bench and with i was like oh i had justin herbert as my starter so it was just for my backup james so i make this amazing run to get back into playoffs and my two quarterbacks i have on my roster are justin herbert and josh dobbs and i cut jordan love to get dobbs that's painful um and i can tell you this i mean after you saw what you saw again i've been saying you know uh, look by no means that i know this year was gonna be so crazy with quarterback but this, I feel like this is a year where if there is a viable backup option on your waiver wire, and you, you have... Well, I mean, dude, I three weeks so. ago, Dobbs looked like he was going to have Justin Jefferson and Addison and be throwing two, three tutties every week. I thought it was a brilliant move, but... And he showed then, up. He showed up looking great. I, I don't yeah, know. I can't argue Love that. went on fire, and hit the, that's the rest of the story. <laughs> nice. Uh, but no, dude, I mean, for the Packers, you're rolling love. Uh, I mean... Aaron Jones, will we ever see him again? He didn't play in week 14. Neither did Christian Watson. Can they get these guys back? Who cares in terms of Jones? I mean, I don't I can't trust him even if he gets back and no. get hurt again. As far as the receivers, Jaden Reed, Dobbs. I mean, if Watson continues to be out, those guys are going to be on the wide receiver three radar. I actually like Jaden Reed a little over Dobbs myself, but I do too. Uh let's get to the Chiefs and the Patriots. I'll start with the Patriots. I mean, here they are, nine and a half point home fa- uh, dogs, 37's the total. Zappy looked good for a half, but then they adjusted. I mean, we're not gonna see what we did, but I do think there's a little heartbeat here. And Zeke Elliott, he has lost his stuff. The numbers were good, but it was a volume play. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs defense is pretty good too. This is gonna be a low scoring affair, James, is what this is gonna be. I do think in terms of Zeke Elliott. I will definitely roll him probably out as a back-end RB2 the rest of the way as long as Stevenson's out, regardless of the opponent. So, uh, And then Hunter Henry, yeah, I'm not going to run on the waiver wire to get him, but if Zappi's capable, the guy's a top 15 tight end, so do with it what you must. They have no receivers, though. They've either been hurt or hurt. Juju Smith-Schuster had a nice revenge game versus the Steelers, but I'm not dying on that bomb at playoff nope. time. So not a lot I'm touching there. Bailey Zappi in a super flex, probably – Probably a fringe top 20 guy at quarterback, so I guess he's in the mix here. Can the Chiefs fix what is broke, and can they do it in New England versus Bill Belichick? No. Uh, they'll win, but they won't necessarily fix what's broke. They're not going to look really uh, good doing so. Look, if, you, if you're if you in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, you'll leave him in there. Obviously, Travis Kelsey stays in. Rasheed Rice is in lineups now at this point. But I don't know that I, – I mean, we talked about it at the waiver wire. Like, sure, you can make your plays at an Edward Solaire or Jarek McKinnon, but I don't really want to play him. Yeah. The 49ers-Cardinals, this will be an entertaining matchup from a fantasy perspective. The first of uh, the handful of late afternoon games on Sunday will break down here. And, James, I mean, the Niners up to a 14-point favorite. The total's at 48. I mean, not a lot to say about the Niners other than right now they're the team to beat in the NFL, and they're fully healthy. And that's yep. the big thing. Debo Samuel, stud. Brandon Ayuk, stud. Christian McCaffrey, MVP. Brock Purdy, stud. I mean, dude, they're loaded. George Kittle, I mean, the defense, everything. But that doesn't mean that I don't think the Cardinals could have some fantasy goodness in this matchup. What players on their team might you consider? McBride, uh, James Conner, they're both starters. Conner and RB2. Uh, McBride, I think he's tight end. He's, he's a starting tight end. Um, I don't know if I'm going elsewhere, right? We saw a little bit from Hollywood Brown, but Kyler I, Murray, where's, I mean, with all these quarterback injuries, dude's got to, even in this tough matchups, got to be back in QB one. I would say, I think he does have to be right. I mean, you figure the floor one way or another bad game script could be good for Kyler Murray. So I think he is. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you on Connor. Uh, he's definitely looking the part when healthy here. So. I love seeing him get that revenge game against Pittsburgh, by the way. We didn't have a chance to break that down with the bye week last week. but That's uh, two in a row between him and Juju. I'll tell you, a game's going to be pretty fantasy-friendly, and a game I'm already liking the over on. Washington and the Rams in L.A. The total is soaring up. Uh, it's Get it while you can at 48. It's almost to 49 in all the other spots. Rams six-and-a-half-point favorite. The Commanders don't have a defense, James. They, they have don't. no pass rush and, and crappy secondary. Stafford's been pretty hot. This is... 
This is the week our guy Dave in Florida is going to call up, and you already know it. You and Skeeter are going to get the call on Saturday. We'll get the question on X, and Dave's going to want to start Puka, Naku, and Cooper Cup, and we're going to be like, roll with it, baby. (laughs) Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Roll with it. Start them. Start Stafford. Start Higby. Start Kyron Williams. Start anybody that you can possibly start for the LA Rams. They Mm -hmm. all get the rubber stamp, James. What about the Commanders? I think what, look, when all three receivers play, I don't necessarily love any of them, but you can kind of take your chance with all three, McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel. I think the real storyline is, look, Sam Howe, at this point, I think you can play him. And uh, is he a QB1 this week? He'll be close because, again, the garbage time, right? If the Rams are putting up those points, I think Howe's going to get his opportunities. So whether or not it's good or not, it'll still be fantasy points. It boils down to, is Antonio Gibson going to be the ball carrier? Is Brian Robson going to get back from the injury that pulled him out of week 13, right? With them coming off by last week, yeah, he's not on our injury talk this week because it's an existing injury, but what will Brian Robinson be? And therefore, does Antonio Gibson become like a guy you go, oh, heck, he's got to be in all my lineups or uh, not a play at all. So I think you just keep your eye on that. For sure. Let's talk about Buffalo and Dallas. What a great game this is going to be. 425 Eastern kickoff and America's team. You know we're going to get the whole nation watching for the Cowboys as we do every week. Taking on Buffalo here. In Buffalo, the Bills two and a half point favorites at DraftKings at the time of the podcast. Over is uh, trickling up now up to 49 in most spots. And James, I mean Dallas, I mean everything. I mean Dak's looking good. CD's looking good. Pollard's looking good. I mean Ferguson. Ferguson. This is, to me, the first really tough uh, test they've had on the road in a while here. So, I mean, Buffalo's a tough place to play. Uh, the defense, I mean, it's banged up. They've missing a lot of parts here. But, uh, you know, this is a good test for Dallas. We'll see. I don't see. Can Dallas go up there and win by, you know, double digits? We'll see, dude. We'll see. I'm not sure where I sit on the game right now. But I definitely am rolling with the Cowboys, as you should. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the question is, is what about these bills against this Cowboys defense at home? I mean, James Cook just had a big game. Gabe Davis. Oh, yeah. I forgot all my bad surprises. My anytime touchdown prop. How about anytime catch prop? Can we get one of those on Gabe Davis? I didn't see this game, but I know there was a couple weeks ago where the announcers were just gushing over a catchless Gabe Davis because of his leadership role in blocking, which is awesome for your NFL team, but is so irrelevant for your fantasy team that it's a little bit Dude, painful. To over his last six games. This is the Gabe Davis experience, and I saw this Matthew Fodd on Twitter. I retweeted it. I thought it was good. Two games with over 22 fantasy points, three games with zero fantasy points. Welcome to Gabe Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about right. As you, uh, and Diggs be hasn't guy. even been that great. It's been Josh Allen, right? Uh, I do think Cook uh, you know, is going to continue to get leaned on down the stretch, so we're, we're fine starting him in season long. Diggs, you're starting, but that, I mean, Davis, I don't know. And Kincaid? Uh, I, I mean, I still like him as a tight end one, but he's got a lower floor than he did a few weeks ago. Amen to that. Yeah, I mean, and look, keep in mind, right, the Chiefs, the Bills did win that game, and the Chiefs defense has been good for really the duration of the season. It's the reason the Chiefs have uh, have that, I guess, still the one seed. So I'll give a little bit of pass to those guys, but you're right. The, I mean, the Bills have not been great offensively and certainly anything but consistent. Ravens-Jags, Sunday night football, I was really surprised to see Trevor Lawrence play. So, you know, mm-hmm. his better, better booty is going to be in this one at home. The Jags, last time they were at home, James, they were a 10 point favorite to the Bengals and got smoked. <laughs> now they're a three and a half point underdog to the Ravens, 43 and a half's the total. Break down this Jags offense versus a visiting Baltimore D. Well, I mean, look, I guess Trevor Lawrence now, after what we saw from him, even in a losing effort, is gonna you're gonna put him in lineups and consider him a QB one. That was a pretty pretty impressive uh, performance. Travis Etienne is always in your lineup. Uh, Evan Ingram, I guess he's just you know he's a he's he's as tight end goes, he's always in your lineup. Yeah, I guess Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones become players you're considering, but like Calvin Ridley's in your lineup, but. I mean, it's it's just hasn't been great, and it, it boils down to, like, Trevor Lawrence has been a good quarterback for the Jags, but he hasn't been the fantasy guy that I thought he would be this year. I know that's coming off a three-touchdown day. I don't know that you can trust, rely on Calvin Ridley as, like, that third-round draft pick that he was, but you're going to play him. And we get the Ravens on the other side of it. I mean, Lamar is obviously in. Gus Edwards isn't, though. Uh, he's touchdown or bust, and, mm-hmm. I mean – 
I'm not saying you can't start him. I'm just hoping you got better options. And if you're a fantasy playoff team, you probably do. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as the receivers, I mean, Zay Flowers is still the Ravens receiver I want. But I think him, I think Beckham, I think both these guys are startable wide receiver threes, uh, if not better. I, I still like Flowers more, especially in PPR leagues. And Isaiah likely, I mean, there's there's going to be games where it doesn't happen, but James, he definitely has as, about as high of a ceiling as any tight end out there right now. Yeah, outside of maybe like two to three guys, I would I can't argue with that. Yeah, so uh, definitely, definitely going to look forward to watching this one. The Eagles and the Seahawks, that's our Monday night game next week, and uh, this one, a big game for Seattle as they're trying to stay in the NFC playoff picture over here. The Eagles, they're sort of reeling Tough game to go to on the road and face that 12th man there, James, making that trip out there after getting their butts kicked in Dallas, after getting their butts kicked in San Francisco. A lot of it will be, is Geno Smith going to be back under center or will we see Drew Locke again? We don't know right now. Uh, But that doesn't matter how you feel about the Eagles against the Seahawks D on the road. So give us your thoughts there. Look, you're still going to play Hurts. You're going to play Brown. You're going to play Devonta Smith. I think you're playing Dallas Goddard. Dude, I don't know that you're going to just keep playing DeAndre Swift at this point. Um, depends on what your what your options are. Because, uh, frankly, the Eagles offense, look, they're getting a, a lesser talented defense, but one with a serious advantage at home. Like, I'm not so sure I'm turning to Smith, Swift, excuse me. Yeah. On the Seahawks side, I mean, with both running backs, going Charbonnet looked better last week, but they both played, and that scares the crap out of me. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It roll the dice, take your chances. Again, I, these aren't guys. If I had to pick one, I'm picking Charbonnet based off what I've seen most recently. DK Metcalf, he's in there regardless. You're not playing either of the other receivers in this matchup, even if Smith's back. So if Smith's back, he's a low end QB too. But I mean, Locke's just a tick below if he's the guy. I'm, I'm not excited about either. No, I'm I'm with you. Right but the there. totals at 48, which is telling me I like the under. There we have it. That's all we've got. Uh, I will be out this Saturday, but be sure to catch James along with our buddy Skeeter Robinson, the week 15 edition of Fantastics Insider Football, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Channel 87 on Sirius XM Fantasy. And, of course, you can subscribe to our podcast. Keep it up anytime. Hit us up on X. He's at JamesAdams94. I'm at Dan Claskins. We are at FantasticsInsiderFootball.com. That's your one-stop shop for all the tools you need to win. James, any Parting words of wisdom for our loyal listeners setting those first week of the playoff matchups. Go Cowboys. I'm, I'm team Dak and team CD lamb. Now I don't know what has happened, dog. Oh my God. He went from being a Patriots <laughs> fan to a Cowboys fan is what happened. Me and Lester are going to be bothering to come this off season. <laughs> you and Lester are going to be hugging. <laughs> we will be. Oh my. I hope we will be. You, you, Tim Matthews. If you're listening, you, James needs to come down for a visit sometime soon. My friend. <laughs> You know what? There could be a Dak jersey in my future if we get three more good weeks. The Bengals play at Dallas next year, dude. So you better get your loyalties figured out before then. Let's see see how these three weeks play out. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, We'll catch you next time. For James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.